All right, we're back. Uh, I do I do want to note in passing that, uh, that that Paul Gutierrez, writing the sports column from the Sacramento Bee last month, got fooled like a lot of people about this supposed remarkable series of coincidences between Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy. He only mentioned it in passing, just to start the article with the thing about, you know, Lincoln's secretary, who was named Kennedy, warned him not to go to a theater, and Kennedy's secretary named Lincoln warned him not to go to Dallas. Urban myth, ladies and gentlemen. Abraham Lincoln did not have a secretary named Kennedy. And Evelyn Lincoln did not warn JFK not to go to Dallas. Anyway, it's, it's BS. And, and, and by the way, the joke is also not true that a week before his assassination, Lincoln was in Monroe, Maryland, and JFK, well, we, we won't even go there. All right, on last week's program during our obituary section, we mentioned the passing of a legend of, uh, I'm not sure what, showmanship, uh, Evil Knievel passed away. And we, we talked on this program about the fact that we were going to try and get you, the listener, the man that built the famous Sky Cycle, with which Evil Knievel purportedly was going to attempt to jump the Snake River Canyon in Idaho. We're still trying to locate... Um, uh, the engineer. Uh, we have spoken with his daughter, and I have hopes that we will still bring him to you on the program. But in the meantime, I thought we would uh, talk to someone who did speak to this individual, having um, having affiliated with him over at Aerojet. Returning now to the program is uh, Lino Carollo to talk about, uh, well, to talk about this. So welcome back, Lino. Thank you. We should remind our listeners, you talked about uh, the effort that went into the Apollo rockets that were made here, right here locally in Sacramento at Aerojet. Yes. And for a while, I guess, Robert Truax was an engineer out at Aerojet. Yes, he was. You didn't work with him, though? No, I never worked with him because he was sort of a maverick. Ah. And Aerojet decided (laughs) that since we had this maverick on our hands... Well, let's put it this way. He never did exactly what Aerojet (laughs) wanted him to do as far as paperwork was concerned and everything else. Uh, I would call him the uh, Thomas Edison of the rocket age. Okay. What he would do was he would tell a, uh, a machinist, hey, make this part for me in this fashion. Instead of going through the paperwork, like everything else, an invoice and everything else, he would say, Forget that. He'd go garbage. by the lab and say, hey, buddy, could you do this for me? Right. right. Okay. All right. So that didn't go over well with the hierarchy, the, the No, it never did because the uh, Air Force wanted everything backed up by paperwork. Right, right, right. He's kind of like a mad scientist maybe, huh? Well, he was a mad scientist, but Aerojet recognized him as a genius. Yeah. And they said, well, we'll give you whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So they put him in this building, mm-hmm. gave him all the material that he uh, needed, the machinists, the engineers, everything, and he went out on his own. Yeah, which I imagine was kind of unusual. Definitely unusual, <laughs> because any, he hated paperwork. Were there any other guys that, that they gave him that kind of latitude to? No way. All right, no so he's quite a guy. But he was a person in his own world. Well, uh, he, I guess, left Aerojet, and somewhere along the way, we're going to have to trace this out, he came to the attention of stuntman Evil Knievel, who had this idea that the all-time stunt he was going to do was get a rocket-powered motorcycle to leap over this 
what, a thousand foot gap Snake River Canyon in Idaho. That is correct. And of course, Truax was a feature on uh, on national television. I know he was on Johnny Carson a couple times. Uh, there was a hilarious interview, uh, an article about this whole Snake River Canyon uh, debacle, I guess you'd call it, in Rolling Stone back in the 70s. Very funny article. But uh, in, the, in the article, I remember they went over and asked Truax, well, of course, Evil Knievel says that you, uh, you know, were a NASA, NASA engineer, and, and there's a lot of NASA engineering here, and he told the guy, I never worked for NASA. You're correct. He never did work for NASA. He was working for Aerojet at that time. We like this guy, i got to say. That's why we're talking about him. The problem with building a rocket-powered motorcycle is not rocketing up into the air. The problem is landing. That is correct. Because <laughs> I think that what I read somewhere was it hit at least 400 miles an hour at one point. And that you can't land a motorcycle going 400 miles an hour. Not with the uh, <laughs> commitment of landing on the other side of the river. Alive in any way, yeah. Right. The rocket will land, but <laughs> yes. will the yes. uh, person inside yeah. the rocket be a uh, person? Or a pile of or yeah, what's uh, left. well yeah. fried, yeah. Uh, well done uh, corpse. Yeah. Well, I think that, I think I think everybody pretty much was waiting to see that how he was going to pull this off, and and for listeners who are too young to remember this event, what happened was he, the rocket no sooner took off than the parachute deployed, and he then made a rather soft landing down at the bottom of the canyon, leading some to conclude that well that was probably the plan all along. Now. Truax came back and talked to you guys at Aerojet. Did you get any hint about what the real plan was? Well, he never came out and said explicitly uh, what actually happened. But he said, we have plan A and plan B. <laughs> and if necessary, we have plan C. <laughs> and we looked, we looked at him in uh, straight face and said, hey, give us what actually happened. He says, well, the rocket took off. <laughs> and, and my job was done. And my <laughs> job was done, man. Evil was on his own. Yeah, I think Evil wanted to live, and I think he pulled the chute the second he cleared, you know, the second he got up there. Evil knew exactly what would happen, that uh, he could see that he was not going to make it. The rocker would make it. But him coming out alive... There wasn't any uh, guarantee at all. Well, he went from being a car thief, a safe cracker, and a, just a goofball stuntman to being known all over the world and becoming a man worth like $300 million. So, you know, I mean, you, you got to say he certainly knew his showmanship. Let me put it this way. He was the best con man on that day. <laughs> well, Lino, I'm with you. And uh, I'd appreciate your coming to talk about it. And we're hopefully we're still going to get true acts on the show. You'll have to listen. It will be a pleasure to listen to the old guy. All righty. That was Lino Carollo, former employee of Aerojet, uh, who was apparently at one point entertained by the stories of Mr. Robert Truax, engineer extraordinaire, and the man who got Evil Knievel into the air over the Snake River Canyon. Anyway, I think we'll go out with today's show. We quoted from the rather hilarious obituary of Mr. Evil Knievel, as reported in The Week magazine. And I must say, The Economist did an equally bang-up job, and I just have to quote a bit from it. In 1965, selling motorbikes in Washington, business became a lot more interesting when, fired up with a wild turkey or two, he did tricks to draw the customers in, jumping a car, then a car and a 20-foot box of rattlesnakes, then two cars, rattlers, and a mountain lion, 
until a crowd came to watch him. There was money there somewhere, and regular money was something Mr. Knievel found hard to get. He had tried newspaper selling, hubcap stealing, and burglary. He had been, so he said, a card sharp and a safe cracker. He had sold insurance and had run a hockey team. They were known as the Butte Bombers before apparently absconding with the money from their biggest game. A detour into hunt guiding ended when he was found to be taking his clients to shoot elk in Yellowstone National Park. But now it seemed people would pay $500 just to see him jump bikes over cars. They would pay even if he failed. In fact, they would part with even more. Determinedly, he set out to sell himself as a daredevil writer. The magazine went on, Mr. Knievel's true talent was to spin crazy dreams. He might just jump 13 cars today, but tomorrow he would jump 20. He might clear the Snake River Canyon now, which he did not do, but his real aim was to leap the Grand Canyon. After that, he would jump 40,000 feet from a plane without a parachute and land in a haystack. Just pick the haystack. It was all hokum, but the public loved the dare. So too the toy makers, earning $350 million from the selling of evil Knievel figures who, on their bikes, would crash through simulated rings of fire and a 16-piece brick wall. And so too did a huge number of the small boys of the world for whom mounds and ponds and ramps and planks now became the springboard to wild, free flight. Or, just as probably, though perhaps they wouldn't care much, a mud bath and a broken arm. do hope to visit the story of Mr. Robert Evil Knievel one more time before we're done, but we're out of time today. Our thanks to Dale Harabi of Radar Magazine, Lino Carollo, a local expert on rocketry, and of course America's foremost political comic, our old pal Will Durst. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. I'm Douglas Everett. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. We'll see you next week at the same time. (laughs) 